All right, Cameron Lazies, it is good to see you all. Episode number 14, Woo! Eric Kershefeld in the house, Ariana Ely in the house, and we were in the house that Coach K built, Cameron Indoor <laughs> Stadium. Uh, all three of us were there on the floor, courtesy of our good friend Ariana, hooked us right up. We were there. We saw Duke versus Brown. We saw a 25-point victory. Um, I'm gonna... calling it now. It's the worst 25-point victory of the season. Yeah, I think we all kind of felt that yeah. way going off. Um, and yeah, it was a good win. It was awesome to be there. Um, I don't know if it counts though, Ariana. I mean, because it was wasn't quite satisfying as a game. <laughs> I think we each have to come back two or another. three more times this year, <laughs> just to feel it out. <laughs> no, it was so awesome being at Cameron. And uh, but yeah, it was like Ariana, kind of a, a weird game, don't you think? I mean, it really, uh, actually, does feel a lot as Aaron pointed out that we ended up winning by twenty five. Yeah, it definitely. So these. Um Post semester or like in between semester games are always a little bit weird because the student body numbers are a little bit lower. And so um, athletics like gifts, not gifts out, but like a lot for more general admissions tickets. And so you get more like there were a lot of people at this game who like got tickets for their like kids for Christmas or their like loved ones who are big yeah, Duke fans right, for right, Christmas. Right. Um, and so there are more like non-students in the stands. And so that drops a little bit of the intensity for like the crowd during games. Um, which I think in turn also sort of like leads to the like players maybe playing a little bit differently. Um, and this is a team that they need a lot of crowd support to kind of like get them going and like keep them at it. So it was, it's always a little bit of a weird mood in Cameron during those games. And this one was no different. Yeah. You, you hit the three factors, right? Number one, we've already seen this team loves getting up for big games, mm -hmm. but doesn't love getting up for mediocre games like right. this. So that's one. Number two, an eight-day layoff in the middle of December with yep. holidays. That's two. And then number three, weird crowd. Yep. Yeah. You hit them all three. And that's like, we probably should have predicted, Aaron, it was going to go this way. I mean, I would add that, um, I was saying this before we, we started recording, uh, that it really seemed like Duke knew they were going to win. Mm -hmm. Brown also knew that Duke was going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone in there, there. <laughs> knew even though i mean there were there were points in the game where it was tied i think brown uh, may have had a lead at mm -hmm. some point early in the in the first yeah, half yeah they did yeah um it didn't matter it did not feel at all um i didn't feel any of the same kind of tension or anxiety uh that i sometimes feel during these games because uh and i guess we'll we'll get to this later when we talk about you know things that you that you only notice uh when when you're there but to me, the, the physical differences between the teams were apparent enough mm -hmm. that I just felt like it, it wasn't even going to be possible for Brown to, to win this game. Yeah, it's interesting when you see like Alex O'Connell go up for a rebound and you're like, holy shit, can he jump? Mm -hmm. And he's not even like Duke's biggest. He, I mean, he's our, our most like English dandy looking player. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is our most English dandy looking yeah, player. Like he should be like a primary or a private school in England, like yeah. playing mean pranks on other kids. But no, like even to see him just like skying above these brown kids, it does. When you're on floor level, it does make it clear the physical differences. It's wild. And then much less when you see Cassius Stanley do it. Mm -hmm. Sure. There's a period, yeah. There's a period with Vern in the second half where he got the ball against DeWolf, um, their big whitey. And he uh, he scored, I think, four straight possessions. And it was just, like, half awesome in, like, the, a sense of, like, awe, like, yep. watching him. Just because, like, his touch is so good. But also, like, hilarious in that getting a ball, like, five feet. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to take a very lazy, like, turnaround left-hand hook. And this guy who... Must be six ten or whatever. We'll not have a chance yeah. to like contest it. Well, this guy who has been six ten and has been the best basketball player on the floor in several instances in his life, right? Yeah. Uh, what one presumes that even if you ma you know, make oh, it to the sure. collegiate level mm -hmm. at, at you know, wherever, right? Yep. Uh, you've yep. been the man. Yep. And to be so not the man, uh, yeah. in that sense. Um, but but yeah, I, I feel like. With the Stephen F. Austin game, uh, uh, at least from the, the TV's perspective, you could sense that those guys were physically large and powerful. And mm -hmm. Ariana, did you did you notice that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so they were they were real big men. Yeah. Uh, Brown, they were not. Right. Um, uh, they did look like kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was another thing, like using the SFA game as a contrast point. In addition to their guys lo physically looking like they could match up against us, they also felt older than us and more like capable than us at moments in time too, which it, whereas with this Brown team, it did not feel that way at all. 
Yeah, no, it did. I mean, like they had one guard who was like, "Oh yeah, this guy I bet was a decent high school yeah. guard." No, but yeah, he was like, all he could do is bring the ball up and hope not to turn it over. Mm-hmm. And they had a few guys like that, and they had a couple guys like Cho. And I think it was Anderson who were like, oh, yeah, they could score yeah. sometimes against us, but certainly not enough to to do damage. And that was ultimately, you know, Aaron talking about the lack of anxiety. They were never going to score enough points to beat us in this game, mm-hmm. even when there was a point where they're like, OK, they hit a couple threes and had a 17-16 lead or whatever it was. Um, Aaron had the line of the game, in my opinion. He was talking about Matt DeWolf, and he said, more like the sheep. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, that was really good, Aaron. Yeah, I definitely said that. That was... <laughs> That was that was not you at all. Uh, uh, I said it and then stared at Aaron until he had to react <laughs> and tell me how shitty it was. <laughs> More like the sheep. Good stuff. Lord. <laughs> Classic puns. Well, the sheep into wolf's clothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that gives him more credit. It. I thought that. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, um, that makes me. No, yeah, that gives a little bit. He was the wolf in the sheep's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to talk a lot more about the Brown game. But, yeah, because we were there, uh, Ariana, you've been to a bunch of games, but this was the first one Aaron and I have hit live. And, Aaron, you're first in... I've never been to a Duke game before. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been on the floor at a Duke game before. Uh, No, that's not true. That's also not true. Not true either. Um, uh, Aaron was the Blue Devil, for those who don't know. Yes, yes. For those who don't know, I I, uh, play-acted as the the Duke Blue Devil mascot for, for three seasons. Now, not the official one. Yeah, no, you would wear the costume, <laughs> yeah, right? And just come right. and do this. It was actually, line. it was actually just um, jammies. Yeah, <laughs> a Duke Blue Devil jammies. So I called myself the Blue Devil, but and they would kick you out <laughs> right. for a while until they said, "We feel very sorry for this boy." <laughs> right, right. And we're gonna yes. let him in. No, you were the real deal. Uh, but yeah, you hadn't been in how long has it been? Oh, probably ten years. Gotcha. Yeah, and that was me like two years ago. I went to one game, but then you invited me to a game. Yeah, I, I was the same thing. I hadn't been since college. Um, so though you got to see Zion. I did get to see Zion. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, I got to see Zion's dunk against Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Look it up if you don't know it. It was sick. However, I will say, Cassia Stanley's dunk, dunk today. Th- yeah, yeah, was, it was. We had a lot. We had like five this game, and yeah. they were. And one great. one by Cash is on a fast break. I would Which was, I would oh. say maybe dunk of the season. Yeah. Where so his far. his head went above the mm. rim. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Much clearance. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, because we were there, um, what are some things we noticed about Cameron? Um, Again, a little tough because it's a Christmas game, so you're not getting the usual student crowd. But, yeah, uh, maybe you uh, kick us off on this one, Aaron, being sort of like a a rejuvenated, back in the hood, (coughs) back in his, um, on the mean streets, sort of Aaron Kirschenfeld. Well, I was actually, I I thought you were turning to me first because I'm also uh, the cop. Yes. Uh, of the yes. Group. We oh, should yeah, talk are, about uh, that. Yeah. Very che- important. Cheer, topic. cheer, policemen. Um, we need it. Uh, and no, no, I, I think kept screaming but, out, "All Duke fans matter." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it, no, uh, literally, blue lives matter. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> Duke blue lives matter. <laughs> Duke blue lives matter. Uh, so, uh, but my my first complaint is actually just a standard old man complaint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is so loud in there. Yes, it's insanely loud. Yes, and it like, is. and it's yeah. not 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 the the fans being loud and and you know intense moments and wow the crowd very loud. No, the speakers mm-hmm. they're putting on uh, uh, the announcer voice, the the music, far too loud. Uh, uh, let's just let's turn that down. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, the comment I made to Ariana, because also, like, Ariana pointed out to me, there's a lot of, like, crunchy techno. Uh-huh. And when she said that, I was like, yes, this sounds like I am in Der Funky Club in, like, Germany. <laughs> and, like, I expected, like, cages with men in leather to descend from the ceiling with them doing aggressive, like, pain dances or whatever. Like, I was like, what the hell is going on? It's so uncomfortably loud. I will say, when I was in school... Um, Back in the day, oh, we're uh, gonna we're gonna have a lot of those. Oh today. yeah, oh yeah, I'm for it. Oh, yeah. I am Back for it. Yeah, in, in the heyday, uh, but no, it was. I remember when Greg Paulus played. Yeah, <laughs> he's the head coach now. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Paulus. We're gonna say that, and then someone's gonna time travel from 2005, <laughs> hear that Paulus is the head coach, and just kill themselves. <laughs> And, and they, he'll be the only one who knows time travel, so we'll lose it. All because we said Paulus is our head coach. Uh, no, but yeah, so when I was there, like the thing I loved the best was like the individual, or not individual, but the unique fan culture that wasn't sort of stimulated by PA announcers yeah. or by the band. And I would sometimes get frustrated as a fan 
by how much the band played when I'm like, look, we could like cheer for crazy towel guy. We could have our mm -hmm. own insulting chance. We could make yeah. fun of the opposing coach, have those interactions. Like John Feinstein told me like famously there were, um, the things that, um, like they would do with Jim Valvano, like the students would order pizzas to his bench when he was a coach. Uh, there was one time where they were chanting like, sit down, sit down. Uh, at him and he actually sat on the floor to mess with them and then the students started chanting roll over roll over I, I don't know like little things like that yeah. was cool. and we had stuff like that too it was it watered down I'm sure even in my day from what it was in like the 80s or whatever um, in the early 90s yeah for sure you should ask um, but so I always got frustrated with like the band playing. I'm like, come on, let us do our thing to some extent. Now it's insane. It goes right from like the hard techno to the band. Like, Oftentimes with overlap between the two. Overlap between the two. It seems like calculated down to the second. And I thought like a good example was they did the crazy towel guy chant. Remarkable. He's still alive, by the way. Um, uh, but they did it today. They had to do it over the music. Mm -hmm. Like there is no room for individual fan creativity. Now we may not have seen it today, but certainly at an ACC game, we're going to, see that and i just feel like it's got to have killed the fan culture to some extent um and made it less like individual less cool i don't know that was like a little depressing for me yeah i'd say so um one in regards to like the amount of like space that the crowd gets to do crowd things it, it has dwindled down even even in the years that i've been there when i like started grad school um it's shifted away from that a lot. And then also the things that the crowd is allowed to do, which is also, I think plays into this, like that's also changed and there's much more control from a like marketing perspective mm -hmm. on what things are permissible. Um, and like what sort of antics can like occur, um, even down to like what signs get, in versus what ones don't um which sometimes is a good thing but like there was one one year i think it was like two two or three years ago someone had a sign and it was a big blow up of jim Beheim picking his nose yeah and they yeah. like wouldn't let it in and it's like things like that are just like silly and i think they should be permissible but it comes from a we like we should cheer for our guys and not against the other team sort of thing. All of that in air quotes. And like, to Vomit me, noise. I think that takes a little bit of the fun away. Like there is room, there is room to be like, have fun and also still be like decent Yeah. in terms of both cheering for our team and kind of like picking at the other team. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. Yeah. I mean, I just, it just makes me upset because I think that, like, yeah, from a PR angle, marketing angle, oh, let's play it safe, sure. Yeah. There's always that angle to it. You don't want negative press. So, like, let's totally make it anodyne and sanitize the whole mm -hmm. thing. But, like, yeah, even, like, Maryland games, Aaron, you'll remember this, like, cheering Sweat Gary Sweat at Gary Williams. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's definitely hostile, and it would piss him off, yeah. but it was awesome. Like, that's the nature of the competitive thing. I couldn't see a crowd like today's, no. like, doing something like that or even having the chance and, to do Yeah, it. we wouldn't be allowed to, and we'd probably get like yelled at to be honest with you who would do the yelling um like who would, who would do it so there have been like i'm trying to remember there was a game maybe last year maybe the year before where i don't remember what the undergrads were yelling but literally coach k yelled at them to stop so coach k is part of it yeah, yeah so he doesn't want any of that well, to me wild like I yeah just, i don't understand it. i mean it's it's going to take away what makes Cameron Cameron. I mean, it's it's really the most famous venue in college basketball. Yeah. Other than Rupp Arena. I don't know. I mean, yeah. between the two. Probably Cameron, I think, a little bit more. Um, but I yeah, wonder what, if they still do dirt sheets. Do they not? Ask next. I haven't seen any this season. We had them last season. I don't remember. I mean, maybe, blah, blah. maybe because we haven't done ACC play yet. We haven't, but. Oh, that's like the, you I'll get the dirt pay, on the other, yeah. the other players. I'll yeah. pay, I'll pay attention to that. But like, I can remember when, a couple years ago when we played Notre Dame or no, uh, I think it was FSU and they had that really big guy. And, oh, no, I'm a liar. It was NC State. And I can't remember his name, but I can picture his face perfectly. Um, and, like, the crazies would stomp and yell fee-fi-fo-fum every time he did anything. Oh, yeah, I remember and that. So, oh, I hope I can remember like, that guy's even, name. Yeah, yeah. it's going to drive me nuts. It was NC State, though. But, like, even little things like that have a little bit died down some. Um, and, like, the closest thing to that that I can recall is Fluger for Notre Dame a couple years ago who uh, hit – 
like airballed a shot and then we just relentlessly yelled airball at him for the rest of the game and he didn't hit another basket that game yeah um yeah. but like yeah but things like the yeah the fifi faux foam was a good one or there used to be a real short guy on notre dame and like we would chant like i think we had like a nine o'clock tip when we played them and like anytime he would like touch the ball or shoot free throws we would yell at him that it was past his bedtime and like little right. things like that totally. just like are annoying are annoying but aren't necessarily um mean-spirited um uh i think that are that are within the bounds of what you would consider you know a competitive environment yeah um and i I certainly understand that there is a lot of fan behavior out there that you don't want either as an institution right to be affiliated with uh and that you don't want to see other fans doing Mm -hmm. um uh, Shane, both you and I like uh, uh, English soccer uh, yeah, a good bit. Right. Uh, Ariana, English soccer? Uh, I watch it occasionally, but not regularly. <coughs> we're going to get her into it. Yeah. Okay, gonna, we're going to get you. Uh, Spike I, made me a diehard. I'll do it. I'll do this. Right. I could easily be swayed. I just haven't. Great. Well, you yeah. like you'll, you'll like Tottenham. Um, that's my team. But they recently had an, you know, a, uh, uh, an incident in in the stands where you know that this is the first time in English soccer that they've actually implemented this thing where if there is uh, if a player accuses uh, some fans of, of racially abusing uh, uh, that player they will stop play hmm. and make announcements throughout the stadium now I, I think that's that's certainly uh, a line I have not seen crossed in Cameron you know even back in the good old days um, uh, but you know obviously uh, uh, in Europe, racism is still uh, uh, cartoonish, I guess, in ways. Yeah. Maybe it's not in, they, in they the United so, States. They haven't solved it like we have. Yeah, they haven't solved the race problem. I mean, this is post-racism post <clears throat> America. We yeah. elected Barack Obama. That was, it. That was the last racism. But, but even even then, like I think our racism uh, is... Um, uh, somewhat, somewhat less cartoonish. Yeah, right? oh, no, it's, it's more sure visceral, You would never see, you'd never see an NFL fan throw a banana on the throw field a banana. At, at a black player, like some stuff like that. Like yeah. that's that's obviously ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, now, what they may say uh, <laughs> might end up being a lot more hurtful. And I think it gets interesting when you see stuff like um, uh, the NBA player Isaiah Thomas. Uh, going yeah. into the stands to, to kind of police some fan behavior. Yep. Unclear what was said or, or what uh, happened. So apparently the guy was flicking him off and yelling F you. Okay. Um, because he missed one of his free throws and made the second one. And in the second half at, I forget who they were playing, but in the Philly. second. Yeah. So <laughs> if the opposing team, if somebody misses both their free throws, then everybody gets a free frosty and the man wanted his free frosty. So when Isaiah hit his second free throw, he was real pissed and decided to like yell so, F you at him. But so, theor- I mean, probably the frosty was white, right? That he was going to get. So yeah. there's a racial component there. Yeah. No, but no, that, it's a good example, right? Like that wasn't like, but even, the, so yeah. even yelling, um, obscenities. Yeah. Okay, uh, and Isaiah Thomas, of course, gets suspended for two mm-hmm. games for going into the stands uh, because that's something we don't want. We don't want right. big, physical, powerful players hurting yeah. our our spectators. Um, but Isaiah Thomas, they got him on on film going into the crowd and saying, "Hey, buddy, don't do that." Yep, don't do that. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they had an issue with Marcus Smart in college. Where, uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, so like this stuff happens. I get it. And Duke is already such a uh, a target, I guess. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, you're right about where, that. Where where you know you're just waiting for for Something some upper class uh, douchey behavior, right? That's yep. going to further cement this stereotype mm-hmm. or or whatever it is that that the Duke administration really wants to go ahead and get out in front of. Like the mm-hmm. theme of this ho- year's Halloween party is slavery. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like shit like that. Well, like, what? what we fuck? we did, we had the, what, the Mexican party or, yeah. or oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. obscene, really. Um, I mean, re- like when the girl came out with her um, ranking of all like the lacrosse players in bed or right, whatever, it right. was like, oh, good. At least it's not like right. obviously not, racist. Not racial. Yeah. 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 But it's always something bad. <laughs> right. Um, that said, I do think there are acceptable forms mm-hmm. um, of fan participation yeah. beyond that's a really great shot, son. Yeah. Uh, or, right. or you really tried hard out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like, know. I think it's one of the reasons why we see on like when Duke's on defense, like the only thing the crowd does, and sometimes it, even that plays out, is to like yell 
like oh yeah. like uh, and that's like yeah. there used to be so many other things that used to like happen and like those sorts of things have fallen by the wayside and i think it's partly a yeah i missed that one too sorry Aaron, for, Aaron, yeah, for those yeah. of, for those of you who are listening and not in the room with us watching shane just made a dribbling hand motion yep. um Aaron tried to get it going today yeah. i did try to boing, get it going boing, pass. Yep. yeah i love those but they're really hard to actually get like even when the crowd is mostly students it's really hard to get going because mm-hmm. those sorts of things have kind of fallen by the wayside which makes me sad it is Sad, yeah. um, because like I loved that sort of stuff and you've been there 2012 2012 so yeah. you've been al- almost eight years mm-hmm. so yeah that's and I, I was done in 2005 but yeah so you must have seen huge changes oh yeah, yeah. Ah, oh well uh, it's the way of the world I guess but it, it does seem kind of sad it seems mm-hmm. like it's like generic basketball stadium number 12 now yeah. instead of like Cameron and Dorsey and yeah. like for big games it does still have like there's the reappearance of that like classic Cameron atmosphere but um yeah we did see Aaron um, when Ariana mentioned signs. I think both of our eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to you for this one. Yeah, well, just yeah, one of the greats, it. really one of the great signs I've ever it seen. It was a thing of beauty. Event. All right, I'll read it. And the reason I'm reading it is we feel like there are not any <laughs> minors involved in the creation of this sign. Um, there may have been a teen. It was an adult woman and a potential teen. A woman. potential teen woman, <laughs> but an so. upper teen woman. If, if not, it could have been in their twenties. <clears throat> Plus, this is journalism, so and you know. Uh, an upper team, uh, as, any, as they say. <laughs> anything, anything is is within the bounds. Um, the sign read: "Roses are red, Duke is blue." Okay, it's a sure. It's a Classic start. Good start. Classic yeah. start. All I want is a pick with Joey B. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why is I it mean, so bad? Well, let's 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 go let's through it. Let's dissect it. I'm gonna right. start with the obvious. <laughs> The obvious part being that when we start with the roses are red, violets are blue formula, there tends to be two more lines that yep. ends with a rhyme for blue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it tends to follow the same like rhythm. You know, so you're gonna have those are red, violets are blue, blah blah blah, I love you. Whatever. Yep. yep. This was uh let's read it again. All, all I, want. I want all I want is a. So that was so that's all one I, one that's one, one line. line. All I want is a pick with Joey B. <laughs> <laughs> that's number one. That's number one. There's plenty more. Uh, yeah. I, I will say the lack of a rhyme is yes. the first thing that draws oh, your yeah. attention to like this sign may be the worst thing great? I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the worst thing uh, to me, I think number two is that it's very much a Valentine's Day themed sign <laughs> and it is not that time of the year. Right. Like they also could have easily done like a all I want for Christmas, Christmas or like is a my pick with Joey Exactly. Baby. Like that would have made so much more sense for the time of year than it is. <laughs> Yeah, make my new year great, Joey B. Right. Yeah. Pose for a picture. Right. Yeah, exactly. My resolution There's, is to get yeah. a picture oh, of Joey yeah. B. Even yeah. better. Like, like great. They so, had so, so many options boxing on day, the table. Put me in a box with Joey like, B. And whatever Baker's happens, box. happens. <laughs> yes. Right. right that, that is yeah, like, there were so many options on the table. And I was so stuck on the rhyme that I didn't pick up the Valentine's thing until you said it and it killed me. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? It's like Aaron Gobra, Joey B. Give me, like, what the It's not fucking Valentine's Day. Oh, Lord. oh man, that was so Lord. funny. But maybe it's some kind of like, um, uh, like situationist art mm. where they, they made a sign so bad that, that, that we, we could notice it yeah. and then comment on the banality of these other types of signs. Yes. I will say, better sign that I saw in Cameron, a little boy took his pizza plate and drew a Duke D on it with the basket in the middle. Like right, the basketball. That, but that's a tight. much better sign. That's, that's street tight. Art. Yeah, right. that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like go march with like a big sign that's like, gobble, gobble, so grateful for Vernon Carey. <laughs> with like Vernon Carey on a turkey's body. I just, I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a delightful sign. Well, yeah, so they let that sign into Cameron. They but did. Uh, they're not policing. Uh, that one. So it's not right. We're, we're not policing your taste. Uh, <laughs> yeah, say, we all like Joey Baker. Content. We all like Joey Baker. They also put a, um, this is, you know, a little grammar thing with me. They put a period after pick. Mm. And I'm like, you don't mm-hmm. need to. Pick is an acceptable yep. shortened version of yep, picture. Yep. You don't need a period. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. And pick nope. is also yeah. capitalized. Yes. Um, yeah. Even though it is. Yeah. The picture is very blurry because my five uh, budget phone. No, it's good. I they did get the color correct, like the, the word roses and the word red. Well, yeah, are those red. are they are yeah. red and yeah, yeah, Duke is blue. That would be if they had fucked that up. I would oh say I would say this is like, performance art. Yeah. This right. is performance art. I would have stopped believing yep. in the legitimacy. So that would have actually been worse. No, they just straight up made a terrible sign. 
And I gotta say, I gotta say, they like put it. They had held it up for almost the entire they game. Did. A really they long did. time. They really wanted that picture. And the other sign that we saw, um, uh, that was held up again, it seemed like the entire time on the far side above the brown bench was Duke was my safety school. Yes. And um, that was a choice. sign next to it was oh, like my mine G- is bigger. In parentheses, GPA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you thought they were talking about penis, boy, were you in for a shock. Um, but yeah, that was... Um, Is there really a difference? Between GPA and penis size? Do you think there's a correlation? Uh, I don't think there's a correlation, but I think the way that they're viewed in, in society, uh, they might as well be the same thing. Interesting. Hmm. Um, well... That's my own opinion as a man. <laughs> A man with a high GPA. Just, yeah. No comment. It sounds like on yeah. This it, it sounds like a convenient opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke like uh, yeah. Uh, no, please uh, don't. Please uh, don't. No, no more jokes. It's a family oh, podcast. But I do think Is it was it? funny. It's not a. Family. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it. No, it's just like FDR's fireside chats. Like bring your whole family. Right. Put it. Put it on and sit there and like hold Great. hands and. But knit. honestly, we don't know what FDR was saying. Mm. Right. He he could have just been going off. Oh yeah. Yeah, we don't have recording. He was doing. Yeah, he was doing. He was. He was working blue. Yeah, I think uh, he's he, like, let me try out some new stuff. Well, I think he invented the FCC. So like, right? Sh- hey, <laughs> yeah, he had power to Freedom. just do <laughs> working out some Completely. new stuff. It's fine if the president says it. I do love the idea of working out new stuff and going on and be like, guys, uh, I'm road testing some of the yeah. stuff tonight. So we'll be fine. <laughs> He's like, what if we, um, I don't know, made runways twice as long? I don't know. Mm. Uh, see, this is new stuff, folks. Uh, <laughs> so, thinking about the, like one of the little books that comedians like keep. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's, uh, yeah. Like forty-five radios oh, just God. shut He's off. Like, no, yeah. not this one. Not no, this one. one. Yeah. No. <laughs> Hang on, I've got a good one stupid, in here somewhere. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. Uh, here we go, here we go. Make everybody eat only grains? No. no. <laughs> I swear I have a good one in here somewhere, guys. So, yeah, so that, that the one thing I wanted to say about that sign is just that um, the expressions of, like, weird elitism. Yeah. Like, my school's better than yours. It's exactly what we were talking about before of what Duke is trying to get away from. Yeah. Like, if Duke had that sign at an opposing game, it would go viral on oh, Twitter. Yeah. Everybody would be roasting the shit out of us. Um, but I thought it was funny. I'm like, Brown, like, it's 2020. Like, Bernie Sanders is about to be president. Um, from my lips to God's ears. But no, like, do you really want to be, like... That person? <laughs> flogging the elitism, yeah. like, mule at this point? Um, so who knows? Maybe they do. Apparently they did, because they chose to bring that sign in. They did, yeah. <laughs> they made that choice. <laughs> I just imagine, like, anyone looking at it and being like, oh, yeah, great. Cool. Like, yeah. Good job. It's also funny, because Brown of, like... So I get, there's eight Ivy League schools. Of all the Ivies, Brown is the on. worst, I think. Come on. Well, they don't even have grades. Is that true? Yeah. What do they do? Just pass fail? Yeah, they just, huh. it's like whatever, man. Oh, they do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, that their attitude is, uh, whatever, man. That's cool. Yeah, it's in there. It's like in their uh, the slogan. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the, like... the Latin version of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like Brown, I rank lower than like UPenn and NYU. I think. Oh wait, no, not NYU. What's the one in New York? Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, you got your Harvard's, Princeton's, Yale's. Yeah. Those three. What are the other two for Dartmouth? Dartmouth and, what's and the other one? Princeton. Cornell. Princeton and Cornell. Cornell. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Brown's lowest. So I think like probably if we're gonna get technical, if you look at the list of colleges mm. every year, Duke might be higher sometimes. So yeah. if we're gonna play that game, Brown, uh, two can tango. But I don't care because I'm cooler than that. All right, let's move on. Uh, should we talk about some actual basketball? Yeah, we should maybe I do think that. So. Yeah, I probably. Think so. There probably wasn't that much to talk about this game. Well, okay. I mean, I mean there were some there were things. Some, there are things to talk about. Um, we uh, shot 0 for 11 in the first half of from three. Three. From three. Oh, yeah, our three point shooting was garbage this game. Like, yeah, garbage. At one point, awful. I turned to Shane and I was like, "Heat check on our entire team," because everybody was bricking. Yeah, Matthew Hurt was 0 for 2. You yep. said it after her thing. Every, it, so, okay, O'Connell's the only one who made threes, yep. which is its own kind of rich thing. Um, he that, that is one thing I want to talk about, O'Connell. Yeah. kind of was like with the last game, uh, who did we play again? Uh, Wofford. Yeah, yeah, Wofford. I was like, this does feel like Coach K's last um, chance saloon sort of for Alex O'Connell. Yeah. And today could fit into that too because, again, it's Brown. They weren't ever going to beat us. 
he played 23 minutes. He kept playing. He didn't have a good start, but he did have a good end. Yeah. But it was like, geez, like it, it almost felt like Coach K is like, going to force him on like on everyone. Like, yeah. you're going to be good. Gonna. You're going to be good. I'm going to keep you in this game. Because like Joey Baker really didn't get much. Mm-mm. We didn't see much of him today, but we saw well, Alex he, O'Connell. He missed a ton of shots. He did. And then apparently he did something that pissed Coach K off early in the second sat. half. Yeah. Because he, he yeah, yanked him. And then he said something to him on his way to the bench. Snapped at him. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that was Did it. Did he miss for him. a defensive like rotation or something like that? No, I'm I trying don't. to recall that moment. I don't remember it very well. See, I do tend to, I, rightly or wrongly, I tend to read Coach K's playing time minutes in terms of defense yeah. a lot of times because I, I kind of think that's like how he goes. You know, so sometimes we'll see guys do things offensively, and we're mm-hmm. going, "Why isn't he getting more playing time?" And so, yeah, I think like, okay, yeah, we always see Wendell Moore playing a bunch because he's a really good defender, yeah. even though he still like hasn't quite found it on offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I tend to think the same thing about Joey Baker last year and to some extent this, this year, year that we're seeing him less because like he must not be a good defender. Yeah. Matthew Hurt, Matthew Hurt, I think we've, mm-hmm. uh, have I think seen today that. you and I agree, like, I just don't think he's like that solid yet, right? No. On defense. Yeah. I think one of his things on defense is that because he's a little bit like, light weight wise i think he tries to like counter that by trying to be like slick or clever and sometimes that ends up with him being out of position there were several times where he just like straight up forgot to close out on three and they got some easy buckets on the perimeter um but then there are also moments where because he is so caught up in what his man is doing he's completely oblivious to where the ball is and what the ball's doing and he missed some really easy picks like one that almost hit him in like the back of the head Mm -hmm. that if he had been facing ball actually or at least turned slightly so that he could see both his man and the ball he would have had it like no problem and so i think it's those little things on defense that give coach K a little bit of like pause and like have him sitting a little bit more. And you said that. Um, and then immediately he had another situation like that. And then one where you didn't close out. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right because I think even when, okay, say his man's in the corner, I think he just has, doesn't have a sense of the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like he only has room for focusing his attention on one thing. Yeah. Sometimes it's his man, but when it's not his man, when it's the action on the other, all of a sudden there's a kick to the corner. Yeah. He's and- nowhere near the dude for the three. I think that was when Brown took the yeah. lead and Coach K was like totally pissed off. Yeah, um, yeah so he was rough, but uh, going back to O'Connell, uh, he did have a like good end to the game, but yeah. I don't know, like, what does it mean? Like, is that enough to get him more playing? Should it be enough? I mean... It really seemed like after uh, after Baker sat, it was going to be O'Connell in his spot. Yeah, and yeah. maybe this season takes on the the look of all right. Well, whoever is hitting um, is going to be in, uh, or you know, whoever is less bad, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Coach K's eyes defensively yeah. uh, for that game. Because I think both of them can get hot, right? But uh, Joey Baker, what, missed four threes in this game? Something like that? Yeah, so yeah he was four, over. Uh, yeah, had I, one basket, I period. I think they were all in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Uh, I, I don't think, think so. he played much in no. the second half. So, you know, that's not great. Yeah. Uh, and cl- clearly he wasn't getting it together. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think he missed the one of the threes, like, right at the beginning of the second half. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, you got to have a shooting threat out there. And mm-hmm. I think, I think defenses have to respect both of them as three point shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, regardless of, of whether or not uh, they're any good, but, but I, I really think it's, it's a like for like uh, with those two. And maybe we'll see games where it's an Alex game and maybe we'll see games when it's a Joey game. Yeah. 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 And kind of going back to that comment about like, uh, needing that perimeter presence. I think for this game uh, in particular, because like in the first half, Brown's defense against us was really, really solid. Like they were yes. like locking down the perimeter, making it really difficult for us to feed Vern inside. When he did get the ball, he was, was immediately double teamed. or triple teamed. And because we didn't have a guy to stretch the defense because none of our threes were falling, yep. it made it really hard for us to kind of stretch or spread the floor so that we could get like actually feed Vern in the lane or, you know, Matt in the lane or anybody who was down there. Um, and so I think once Alex did start hitting, like that might've also been a reason why coach kept him on the floor as opposed to Baker, because yeah. then we were able to stretch their defense a little bit. Yeah. I, I do think it's important to remember to, uh, to take this all in context, which is that before this game, this was a 35% three point shooting team. Yeah. Uh, this is a game again, comes after eight days, comes after the yeah. holidays I don't care too much. I think in a normal game, we do punish them a for that triple better. teams. Yeah, because yeah. Vernon was passing the ball really well. Mm-hmm. I thought we were moving the ball decently on the perimeter. Um, 
All right, one thing, speaking of perimeter, one thing I thought was really interesting today was that I think Wendell Moore played point guard significantly more than Goldwire did yeah. today. Goldwire played the most minutes, but I think it was Wendell Moore running the offense, especially in the second half. Um, his usage was like double Goldwire's today. What do you think of that? I mean, it, yeah. how do you think he did, first of all? And then just the general strategy of saying like... <sighs> Almost like we need a little bit more offensive threat at point guard when Trey's not in. Yeah, Goldwire just doesn't cut the mustard as as good as he as consistent as he may be. Yeah, no threat. Yeah. Um. So I think Wendell has improved insofar as his ability to like run point. I think we've seen him get like getting opportunities where he's put in that position. Like it's slowly been building over the course of the season. Um, and like, even there have been moments where like Trey is in the game and they have Wendell bringing the ball up the court. Um, and so I think he is like in the process of kind of being conditioned to take on that role. And so having another chance for him to kind of take ownership of that. Um, I think overall he did a decent job today. He had a couple of kind of sloppy turnovers. Um, but one of the things that I did like to see is that, he was a little bit more aggressive with the ball in moments, which I think sometimes we've been like waiting for that to happen. And it just isn't like clicking. It's yeah, almost like yeah. he's so nervous about like executing that like new role that he's in that he doesn't know how to kind of really like take it head on. Um, and so th like there were a couple of moments where he had some decent drive and dishes. Um, and I mean, he still, you know, yeah, made some silly mistakes here and there, but um, I don't know. Overall, I felt good about his performance. Like I didn't, there wasn't anything that I felt so bad about that. I was like, Oh my God, Wendell, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, as I have in like previous games. So I think it's like a slow, steady, like little things are clicking with each game. Mm -hmm. And then he's learning new things to take into the like future, um, which is good. Um, one of the other things that I noticed today is that, so one of the things about this Duke team in general is, is the amount of active coaching that they get from the sideline. Like, yes, generally, you know, Coach K is a very animated coach sometimes. Um, but I think more so with this team, like, it is constant that he is talking to his guys from the bench and, like, telling them what to do. Yeah. Um, as if they themselves don't have enough, like, cohesion and, like uh, – knowledge for lack of a better word to like execute an offense on their own especially a daily today without trey on the floor exactly right? yeah. like it's yeah. like there isn't a guy that he trusts to like just do that and conduct the team and there was a little bit less of that today and so i think there was a little bit more trust in wendell and taking on that role which i also like to see one thing quickly to point out along with all that stuff wendell comes away with the team leading seven boards and a team leading four steals so i yeah. like he he's just such a physical guy mm -hmm. one thing that i whine to you about the entire game it seems like wendell moore can't be fouled yes. if, according to referees yeah. the guy took so much contact every time he drove after, like yep. a couple times they called a charge uh, just an outrageously poor charge call but it's like these guys are bumping and bodying yeah. him and nobody's calling it calls. nobody's calling it i mean like it, it's absolutely ridiculous and we saw it with zion a little bit last year too mm -hmm. i guess it's his power i don't yeah. know but, but he like, has a big upper body yeah but it just pisses me off like oh Sorry. <laughs> Say more words, Aaron. No, no. I mean, of course it's unfair, but like, yeah, that's what happens when you're a bigger guy. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt a little bit less, I think. Yeah. But it's like you, you still, I think if you're a referee, have to be aware of that contact. I mean, and that's the thing that drives me nuts about the college game. And it's, again, why I think like if the NBA ever gets their shit together with the G League, it's going to kill the NCAA yeah. because they're going to institute their own style. The NCAA runs a like shadow organization where they are playing, uh, running a basketball league that is far more physical, far less fluid, mm -hmm. far less friendly to offense than what's happening on the professional level. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you just see like these plays where these these guys are like running into him like pinballs, yeah. and it doesn't matter if he's the one that goes down or they are. He's going in for a layup and he's missing it. Yep. They would have been fouled three or four times if we had NBA refs doing yeah. this stuff. I thought the refs were pretty poor today. but Right, but if you called it like the NBA, then the disparities between the teams would be even greater. Good. We have the best players. Well, yeah, it's good for us, yeah. but I mean... Not for everybody else. It's not for us. So what, who's it for? It's for it, me. Why isn't it for us? No, no, it's for the middlings. 
right? It? No, screw the middlings, man. Do you want do you want all of college <clears throat> basketball to be a bunch of Bo Ryan, Brad Stevens clones just hacking the shit out of everybody and I, playing like fifty to forty nine games? I think that it's the only practical option because there are not there are simply just not that many talented people out there, um, and so you have to Bo Ryan. Uh, I don't disagree with you about what the optimal strategy is for them. I'm saying what's best for the NCAA. Is it best to cater to these things? Does it make a better product? I, I guess that's my I'm point. not sure it makes a better product, but it's a massive organization, and you have to keep the middle happy, right? Um, like the, the bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. You must keep them happy. I guess uh, so. Even guess. though they're not the most talented and the, the most uh, productive and successful. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I mean, you cater to the middle um, so that you get competitive games and upsets and things like that. If you really called this game like an NBA game uh, or called it, you know, in a way that, that um, offensive skill was truly the determining factor yeah. in winning the game, then what five to 10 teams would exert even more dominance than they already exert. Hmm. <sighs> Part of me, I see your point. It's not, a, it's not a bad point, but I think it, makes the quality of basketball terrible. I think it encourages like very cynical tactics. Like I think Virginia is just a great example of a team that is like but you should still if you're still and, Duke, yeah. you should still be able to beat Virginia. Yeah. And we still and we beat them twice yeah. last year in the year that they won the national championship. So But that was going to be my other point is that the same teams always win the titles anyway. The, well, so cre- the, the cream rises. Yeah. These these teams that you talk about they're maybe making an elite eight run generally. Okay, yeah, Virginia won a national title. That was a, a rare exception. Bo but, Ryan got to a championship. Most of the time, these teams aren't making it there. So what are they doing? But they're getting a taste, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. What do you think, Ariana? I'm so I you're it. just you're just stunned by my incredible <laughs> persuasion. I can't argue with you. You're too good. But I think Ariana can. <laughs> too, too good. So I don't know. I guess I was I was thinking about this in. If you made those rule changes, if those teams are no longer able to be reliant on like defense and bodying people up the way that they do, then they have to change the way that they're going about prepping their teams to play games, in which case they are now focusing on different things. And so if they are trying to advance the skills that they aren't focusing on now, that's going to change the way that they play the game, in which case that might actually help close the gap and so i mean it's not gonna eliminate the gap that they have on offense if the players that you're starting with are your zion williamson's you know et cetera, et cetera. um but it is forcing them to develop their players in a way that they maybe aren't right now because they're reliant on other things given the way that the rules are and so i'm wondering if hmm. If you did make that change, what the league would actually look like? Well, I mean, I think you can look. I mean, I, I used to write about this for Grantland. College basketball used to be more like the NBA. They used to referee um, fouls. But, and by the way, they tried to do this a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the referees actually couldn't do it. Interesting. They couldn't, they, and they tried, they tried in the beginning to call every single foul, and the coaches like Bo Ryan would bitch and complain and moan. Yeah. And, and the PR campaign of the slow it downs worked. And so the refs basically gave in. But, like, you look at the scoring, okay? This, and what's crazy is this is before like, three-pointers. The scoring was astronomical, more more so. Like, when you're talking about, like, you know, I think I think maybe, like, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson when they met in the title game. It might have been the last year before the three-pointer was introduced mm-hmm. in college. It was right around then. Anyway, the, the scoring before then was higher than it is now in college basketball. And, I mean, I'm, I'm of the thought that college basketball isn't worth watching beyond four or five teams. Luckily, yeah. Duke is one of them every year. Um, but I think, like, the bigger point – well, that, that is really the biggest point is the product. I, I, think, I think your point is great, Ariana, that, yeah, like, people are only doing this because they're allowed to. They right. would adapt. College basketball wasn't terrible before, like, 1989 yeah. or whatever. It would be fine again. They would just – yeah, I mean, like, you the talent – You just have to play it, differently. But it works because not everyone – has the same level, uh, the ability to have that kind of offensive, free-flowing, scoring game. I really don't think so. I think it's much easier to teach and coach tough defense because it takes less skill. I I think Ariana and I both agree with you. Yeah, I I don't think think that's the complaint. I'm not complaining about the coaches that do this. I'm sure they get more wins than they otherwise would under our current system because they're allowed to. I'm saying if they weren't allowed to by rule, if Mm -hmm. if we implemented a more NBA-style system... 
I think college basketball would be just as good. I don't think you'd see oligopolies any more than you do now. I just think it would be, uh, yeah, and I think the product would be better. And I think, again, talking about the changes the NBA is making where pretty soon one and done is going to be done. You're going to be able to go in the draft when you're 18. And the, and if they do end up developing the G League, which it seems like they mm-hmm. will, um, why the hell if you were Zion Williamson? Oh, you wouldn't go to college. Well, forget Zion Williamson. He would have gone right to the NBA and, he, and people like him will. But let's say you're a second rounder or you're kind of like, oh, I might not get drafted, but yeah. I might have a chance. Why would you ever come play in like, you know, pinball bowling basketball right. when you could go to the G League right. and the coaches could see you playing the brand of basketball that That's they want you to play in the NBA under their system, by the way, because it's a, a minor leagues. So right. they can control the style of play, too. Yeah, I, I just think like, I don't know. I think the NCAA is so short sighted and bottom line, it's shitty basketball. But all right. I was going to um, I've been thinking about this since our last podcast, just yeah. stewing about it. Yeah. Um, uh can you name me some G League teams? Well, I think the point right now is no. It's right? not it's not a so, good league. So who gives a shit about the Austin Toros if that is still a team? But it doesn't right? matter if people give a shit. Well, no, I think it does. Do you give a pe- shit about any minor league triple A baseball teams? Well, the Durham the Bulls, Bulls, of course. Other than the Bulls, because <laughs> we live here. Gonna, I'm gonna give the politic answer. Yes, the Durham Bulls. Uh no. Uh uh. I think that the bond between the fan and the university, right? So University of Texas basketball or uh, Duke basketball or something like that uh, is something that people care about, fans care about, right? So I don't think just the quality of the game is going to get them to care about the Austin Toros. And someone please check this to see if that's a team because it sounds like a team. Um, uh, No, so, so, so... I hear what you're saying, of course, but I just don't think that um, that just because the style of basketball or, or, or the play is better, you're not getting that same kind of emotional connection. But let me. But here's my point. I don't think the G League is ever going to blow up. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I don't think the G League is going to become popular. What I'm saying is the players who are marginal players who can't get drafted are going to go there instead of college. Hold on are going to go there instead of college. And what's going to happen is that's going to diminish NCAA basketball because all they're going to have to go on is history, this product of March Madness, which is exciting, and the connection with the school. But let me ask you, okay, baseball's had a minor league organization for a while. Do you want college basketball to look like college baseball? I mean, we are running the same institution. The NCAA runs it. You've got the same supposed emotional connection with the school. But I'm saying this is what happens when you don't have top-level talent. Things diminish. Things diminish. And they look, it's always going to survive in some form. I'm not saying it's going to die. But you start losing these top-level talent, man. Look look how what a big draw Zion was last year. Look at Anthony Davis. Look at the Duke team with Jalil Okafor. I mean, we're always talking on a national level about the big names. That's what's drawing people in on a national level. If you leave it where all we have is our school connection, you're going to slowly, you're going to die a slow death, I think. All right, ready for your argument to be destroyed? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, and that's this. all the time we have, folks. This <laughs> is the camera. <laughs> the camera <laughs> <laughs> um, they are now the Austin Spurs. Oh, no the longer the Toros. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I like Toros though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Tottenham's the Spurs, so maybe I should like the Austin Spurs. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, baseball's had a long history of having minor league teams, uh, so I don't think you can make that equivalence. Um, uh, so that's that's baseball, college baseball point destroyed. Uh, uh, no, but b- because of basic historical facts. And uh, I'm not sure that the uh, the mere profit motive um, or the the playing excellence motive would work on the players because college is still fun and a place where you can go and get adulation um, and enjoy. Uh, adult activities uh, as <laughs> as the gestures that you're making uh, suggest. No, but seriously, like yeah, it's professional ni- professional basketball it, players famously never indulge in any uh, adult right? activities. Uh, professional in basketball zero. players for the Austin Spurs. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, probably more money, if they're but, making yeah. right, if they're making an income and then can afford to do fun things. I don't things, know. I don't know. And I, also aren't under like the strict. So like, I mean, granted, I'm not. I'm not going to say that like college athletes don't partake in like fun activities and whatever. Um, Cause I mean, they're college kids, of course they do, but like the schedules that they maintain insofar as like training and things like that go is absurd. 
and they have to juggle school on top of that. So if you are now an 18 year old kid and you are being paid to play basketball in the G league and you don't have to do school on top of that, like, yeah, but you're still probably not going to make it just like the, the minor league baseball players don't make it. Um, and so at least going to college, uh, you, no, 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 I'm not making the same NCAA argument. Uh, uh, why I'm I'm trying to make the argument about why you would choose. I wish the NCAA would make that argument, being like, right? "Let's get away from academics and talk about groupies." <laughs> well, no, no, but, no, no, but I, I see your point. But I'm just saying, like, I think if you do have a chance at getting in the NBA, you're going to go with a better system. Right. You're going to go with your life dream. You're not going to go, "Hey, I can get drunk and uh, have some cheap sex in college, so I'm going to go there." Right, but even um, you're going to follow your dream, but you're you're still probably not going to make it, and nobody's going to care about what you do as a, a person riding the bench for the Austin Spurs, where, you know, they might kind of care what you do as a person riding the bench for the University of Texas Longhorns. You're being a star for Texas, you mean? I, yeah, I guess so. Sure. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Being a right. yeah, being a regular starter yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like there, there. I suppose the one part of your argument that's not utter hog shit um, is – the part that uh, there may be some, at that point, if that system developed, there may be some notoriety in being an NCAA player that right. could potentially yes. improve your draft stock. What I'm saying is I think we're appro- rapidly approaching a system where that won't be any more true than it is in baseball. Where, like, nobody... like scouts, Baseball scouts, is a different history. No, 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 no. But scouting scouts are the same thing, right? Where, like, some, some Major League Baseball players have gone to college and have been good, but I don't think any college, like, or any professional scouts or draft experts are going, oh, shit, this guy had a 1.5 ERA in college. Like, what a star well, he's No, be. they do in the, the Moneyball era where they said, oh, we can actually have more statistics on this guy from the, the years that he spent in college uh, and therefore can make a, a better determination about his true value as opposed to someone that we draft out of high school and then uh, are then tasked with having the responsibility of throughout their development so i mean i don't know college still provides that free place yeah. to get your scouting um I- instead of of having to you know provide the place and then deal with all the crap that uh, that major league baseball is dealing with now thumbs down Ariana. what do you think yeah so well I the people the people <laughs> will the people will know the people will come to my defense the people well, will they... rally and and see just the beauty and logic in my arguments. <laughs> so I think so to me, this was the thought that came into my head as you were saying all that stuff about like college being a space to like have free stats to be able to like make a determination of whether or not you want to invest in this player. One with the number of players who are one and done, like having a year worth of those stats I don't know if that's necessarily super not done yet. Not necessarily. I just totally gave you the talk to the hand side too. I don't know if that one year of stats is necessarily like the ultimate determination. Look at, so I was just talking over lunch today about like Cam Reddish, right? His first year at Duke, he was spotty in like, Uh I'm shouting into the microphone, but he was really spotty. And like, we couldn't kind of see like, what's this player going to look like his first year in the NBA. Sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not granted. He's playing on a garbage team, but still like, you don't know what this kid's going to look like. So college air quotes didn't really make a difference insofar as what his draft stocks looked like Two, I think this conversation is also entirely devoid of what happens with players when they get injured. Look at Cole Anthony right now, who I'm not going to lie. If I was him, this was another conversation we were having at lunch. If I was him and I was recovering from this torn meniscus and UNC is playing like garbage, I'm not coming back this oh, season to spoil no. the potential no. of me going into the like NBA. In which case, next time right, and, in yeah. which case scouts don't have more of his college career to look at insofar right. as whether or not they want him. So they are looking at how did he perform in high school? How was he at the start of this? Is this a player that we want? And so in addition to looking at how the NCAA is not changing, this makes the like potential of like the G League or something like that much more attractive to players who are like, do I want to go play in the NCAA for a little bit, potentially get injured and either sit the bench for the entirety of this season while I'm waiting to come back from this injury, or do I want to go ahead and go somewhere where I can make money mm-hmm. and ensure my like assets, my legs, my whatever, so that if I do get injured, I'm not SO like SOL. And so in addition to just looking at this from a, like, as a consumer of NCAA basketball and what it is we're looking at, 
it's also from the player's perspective and this whole defensive scheme that we have right now insofar as like the fouling situation that goes because of the way that that works, there is an increase in propensity for there to be injury in these sorts of players because of the different like bumping and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend Kyle during the game, like every time Wendell jumps up to get a rebound or something like that, he almost always lands on one foot. And yep. I am yeah. terrified yep. that that boy's going to Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified that that boy's going to break an ankle. And so because you, yeah. right. Because, because the rules of the game are such that they promote that kind of defense, it promotes the potential for those kinds of injuries, which then feeds into this, like, is it worth it for me to play? Is it worth it for me to come back sort of mentality? Right. And I um, uh, I think that it's uh, entirely possible that what happens in these discussions that we have is that I'm often being being given the the role of, this is how it is and this is how it should be. Um, uh, I'm merely trying to say this is how it is. Um, uh, I'm not arguing that that this is right. Um, I'm arguing that this is happening. And but shouldn't I, we visualize and, and the this future is, that we want, Aaron? And this That's is right. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah. it's like incremental. It's not even incremental. No, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's tradition. Yeah, right. Fatalist and traditionalist. It's not. No, no. I'm just. I'm trying to explain why. It is why it, it is. is the way it is. And we're saying the way that it is is wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and ex- I, founding I, on the reasons why. No, it's no, no. Wrong. You, you know, your points. Your points are well taken they about are. about the strategic uh, imperative that these yeah. coaches, I'm sure, feel. And I'm sure that some of the players feel. Yeah, but. We're looking big picture, I don't think it's good for the game, and that—that's the argument we're having. I think we've eviscerated you. We I don't think going. I don't think any of it's good for anything because you know yeah. what's what's good, what's bad, what's the game, what's not the game. Nobody what is life? nobody knows. Yeah, I feel like apathy. The last yeah. of the yeah, defeated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, but no, that's a good discussion, and uh, you know we certainly appreciate your perspective, yeah. Aaron. Even we'll, if... we'll probably come back and visit this more times over the rest of ACC. Season. I'm trying to be as condescending as possible yes. as we finish up. Like Aaron, yeah. we certainly appreciate your perspective. Uh, you always come with interesting ideas, and I just want to let you know you're. Don't valuable. forget who you're talking to. Asset Don't forget who you're talking to. Who are we I, talking to? Hottie, hottie, Aaron K. <laughs> double A battery boy. <laughs> He's about to go off, folks. <laughs> All right. um. I would like to say one thing uh, before we close out. So last pod, my player of the game was Justin Robinson because he played. I mean, granted, he played in garbage time, but he came in and he immediately had several blocks and so forth. And what did we see when Justin Robinson came in the game at the end of this game today? At least two blocks and two rebounds, I think. Something like that. See, he's decent. I stand by. He is good. I I think he should get a little more playing time. I agree. Um, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> you said, yeah, I, well, you know, uh, David Robinson, I think was proud. We, we stood right behind him today. We saw him go. The whole fam was there. Um, uh, Jack White, I want to say, I like the way he attacked the basket today and he attacked the rim mm-hmm. on offensive rebounds. I think he's, he had an aggressive game. It was good. Yeah. Like even three for five from two. Like, I think that's like probably better Fine. than he's done in a while. Yeah. Um, and he played inside, which I think made a really big difference as yeah, opposed to yeah. like trying for outside shots. And his defense was uh, consistently as always. Very right. Good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like, that's good. Cause we need to find him these kind of like confidence boosting games Yeah, and any way to contribute mm-hmm. uh, offensively. Um, Trey, I think I kind of, think i trust duke um on their on their thing he's supposedly coming back in a couple days yeah my Um, guess is that'll be he'll play for bc but they figured it's a non-conference game last one why pull him back in yeah there was a little bit of an eyebrow raise on my part because of how minor it supposedly was last time then we had eight days but okay okay we'll trust you for now duke um javin didn't play much today uh i don't read anything into that do you guys Mm -hmm. yeah um and then Vern, i thought was just when he got the ball in position yeah. was his usual beautiful self. Yeah. Scoring but machine. one thing that we, we really did lock in on was his hands are small. See? Yeah. They are. Yep. And the Ariana theorem was proven correct again uh, today. Like there I were know just what I'm talking about. three or four times where yeah. it was like, oh yeah, if he had stronger hands, he yeah. wouldn't have dropped that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They did look small. They, they legitimately looked like normal sized hands instead On of basketball sized hands. Yeah. Yep. So maybe one day we'll do some like CNN style ambush journalism yeah, or 60 minutes style and uh, <laughs> be like, measure, measure against my hands. Let's do it. <laughs> this is like the, um, it's the phrenology of our age. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except instead of measuring people's skulls, we're just measuring their hands. Oh, Phrenology for the modern era. Right. Yeah, I'm, always, always, yeah. I'm always trying to bring that back. <laughs> it worked out so well the first time. Yeah, Aaron went behind David Robinson's head. <laughs> yeah, measuring his head. <laughs> he had the calipers out. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, okay, yeah, let's... Uh, <laughs> on that note... <laughs> on that note, I just tweeted out that people should ask us questions. <laughs> Good job of the last several minutes of the pod. Yeah, no, like literally 90 seconds ago. Did somebody have a question last time that we neglected to answer? We have to oh, do we, a we whole are, big one on yeah, the coach successor. Yeah, Tom, uh, Tom, my friend Tom yeah. uh, Fernandez asked that. And uh, yeah, we, we're going to do that. We yeah. were going to do it this week, but we're, we'll find time to do yeah. it. It'll be a perfect mid-season thing um the last thing i'll say is that i'm pumped that uh acc play is about to legitimately mm-hmm. begin um sick Ready of this, for like, holiday stuff yeah and uh looking forward to the new year Woohoo! uh any last thoughts my friends uh no i think i'm good mm-hmm. i mean i'll be spending at least the start of my new year's in cameron because we have a new year's eve game yep um hopefully it'll be a fun one uh, little quick predictions for the NCAA football Final Four. We got LSU, Ooh. Oklahoma t- right now, and later on Clemson, Ohio State. I think it's going to be LSU, Ohio State. I'm going to LSU, Clemson. I think Alabama will win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. Uh, Google Play, Podcast Play, uh, iTunes. Wait, oh, we have our own Twitter. We do. Oh, yeah. Now that I, I look at every couple days. Oh, please tweet the sign. Uh, please tweet the sign. <laughs> uh, so that's at Cameron Lazies. Okay. Uh, that's all one word, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've yeah, got to yeah, tweet yeah. the sign now. And uh, we have yeah. a picture of us. Yeah, a we do. A picture of us. I want to vet it. Game. I want to vet it first. But oh, okay. I've just hacked all my hair off. But yeah, um, yeah, Cameron Lazies on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we already have like 10 followers, right? I mean, uh, we have like 16. Woo! Whoa. I haven't, I haven't looked there. at it in, in several days. I'm sorry. I didn't. No, I was good. behind on my. Behind on my duties is a Twitter follower manager thing. And we uh, are, um, you are famously tight lipped about our um, statistics, but I just want to say over the course of the year, we have accrued more listeners. So to everybody still listening, uh, we thank you. And uh, it's been fun. Yeah. What, what else? I like it. Find us on iTunes, find us in all the normal places. I don't need to go over them all. Uh, yeah. So happy new year to everybody if yes. we don't hear from you. And happy new year. Happy holidays new year. have been great. Goodbye. So long. Bye.